You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we'll get the bad news out of the way immediately. The Sacramento Kings were swept by the Charlotte Hornets this season. That sucks. That was unexpected, but that is what it is. Now let's get to the good news. The Kings are playing at full strength. It was great to see Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox both back on the floor for the Sacramento Kings last night. First time since the first game this season uh, that we've gotten that. So hopefully that means more good than bad in the future. Although last night you could see a team that was once again getting used to playing with one another uh, now that two key pieces are back and are expecting significant minutes going forward. We're going to discuss this Charlotte Hornets game and a whole lot more on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello everybody, welcome into Locked on Kings, your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season, all off season from January through December. We have in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings all the time, anytime that you want. My name is Matt George. I am your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last five and a half years or so. I've been covering the Sacramento Kings. This is now my sixth season uh, covering the Kings both as a radio host and as a multimedia journalist and reporter. However, I, like you, have been a diehard fan of this Sacramento Kings team for quite a long time. Since I was six years old, actually, I've been through the trenches with you, through the glory years of the late 90s, early 2000s, and yes, through every step of this long, long, long playoff drought. I just had the blessings of turning uh, my fanhood of this team uh, into a media and sports journalism career, uh, and I'm happy to share that passion and be able to connect with you and all Kings fans on an even better, more personal level here on this Locked on Kings podcast. And what's great about this podcast, it is not just me talking to you. I encourage uh, open forum discussion. I want you to reach out to me and have conversations with me whenever you feel so inclined to do so. You can reach me on Twitter at at George KHDK, or you can email me at any time, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Let's get into conversation there. Ask your questions, share your takes. I promise I will do everything I can to respond to each and every single person. Uh, and also, I'm trying to organize some more meetups and in-person gatherings for this Locked On Kings community and the Locked On Podcast Network community. So stay tuned to hear more about that at the end of the podcast today. Uh, Like I said earlier in the introduction, of course, we're going to talk about this Kings loss to the Charlotte Hornets last night. We're also going to talk a lot about the two, weirdly enough, calling them newcomers, De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley, who are new, in a sense, to what the Sacramento Kings have been doing over the last month. And now Luke Walton has the tough task of not only finding minutes and, and their spots and reinserting them back in the rotation, it's finding them, uh, uh, finding a way to fit them into the success that the Kings have had while also taking that success and remolding it around two of the Kings' best players. It's not as easy as it looks. It's not necessarily a plug-and-play type situation. The Kings have played a different brand of basketball from what you would normally see with De'Aaron Fox uh, and Marvin Bagley over the course of pretty much all of November, and it's been successful for them. Now, I'm not saying that it's up to De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley uh, to completely uh, fill that gap and fill that role and to change uh, who they are and their uh, talents and their expectations in order to fit what has been going right. Uh, but there certainly is an expectation uh, for them to continue the success of the Kings rather than change it and potentially fall back into the rut uh, that this Kings team was in at the start 
of this season. So we're going to talk about the both of them uh, a lot here on the podcast today. Also, I have the winner of the uh, the t-shirt giveaway contest to announce at the very end of the podcast, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Kings lost to the Hornets last night, 110 to 102, meaning this season they were swept by the Charlotte Hornets. Unfortunately, they are the only team out of the five teams that beat the Kings in the 0 and 5 start that the Kings have not gotten revenge against. So the Kings go 4 and 1 against the five teams that uh, forced them into that 0 and 5 start, which isn't horrible, but they weren't able to fully complete uh, that revenge narrative that we talked about yesterday on Locked On Kings. Of course, the big storyline in this game was the fact that De'Aaron Fox was returning. Now, we knew, we found out from the G-Man Gary Gerald, legendary Kings radio announcer, uh, that Fox was not only going to be for sure returning, uh, but he was going to be coming off the bench, which we're going to talk about in the next segment uh, in detail. But Fox, in 30 minutes, he was on a minutes restriction, but still got just under 30 minutes, uh, scored 19 points and finished with eight assists, also two steals. He looked good. He also looked rusty at times, trying to find where he fits in on both ends of the floor. It's natural. It's going to happen. Uh, but he looked solid. I'm very pleased with what I saw from De'Aaron Fox in this game. Marvin Bagley. 14 points, 7 rebounds, but just 22 minutes for the big man. And I know I can I know for a fact he's not happy about that. I know this is something that Luke Walton is trying to juggle and figure out his big man rotation. It's an issue right now. Uh, and it's yes, it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. Uh, and uh, you can tell Luke Walton and this Kings coaching staff and front office as a whole are trying to figure out the balancing act of what Bagley's ready for, how to get him significant minutes, and what lineups to include him in uh, that give the Kings the best chance to win uh, and be successful throughout the course of a game. Buddy Heald was really, really quiet, but that was not just him. Uh, He finished with 14 points, shot 38% from the field, didn't get into double figures until late uh, in the fourth quarter. The Kings as a whole had seven players in double-figure scoring, but it was still too quiet of a night offensively. It never felt like the Kings were able to put together any kind of runs. Now, they did a couple 6-0 runs, 7-0 runs, an 8-0 run here and there, and even took the lead uh, in the uh, or in the early parts of the fourth quarter, but Charlotte was just the better team in this game. And I also I also want to give Charlotte a lot of credit here because I I I mis misjudged them and I I, I took advantage or I had the wrong um, viewpoint or mindset uh, approaching this team this season because I saw they lost Kemba Walker. I know they got Terry Rozier, but I, I considered Kemba Walker to be a significantly better player than Terry Rozier is. But I looked at this young, inexperienced kind of hodgepodge uh, roster, and I, I don't mean that in an insulting way. They just have a, a, a collection of just young, okay, decent players with some upside. I looked at that and I just said, you know, okay, they're they're probably going to be a bad team in the Eastern Conference. But they play hard, man, and they play together. Graham has had a fantastic season. Cody Zeller plays well. Uh, Bismack Biombo plays well. Of course, Terry Rozier has kind of stepped up now as the leader of that team. It's just a group of guys that, that plays hard together. They recognize what they're good at, and they've been taking advantage of of teams like the Kings, people like myself, uh, and and a lot of people in the NBA that have just taken them lightly and not necessarily respected them uh, as much as maybe we should. So I want to give a lot of credit to the Charlotte Hornets. They It's not a fluke that they swept the Sacramento Kings. They beat the Kings in both these games, and they were the better team in both of these games, which of course could, from our perspective, be disappointing 
uh, analyzing the Kings, but I think we all need to take a deep breath and gr- uh, give the Charlotte Hornets uh, at least a little bit of credit uh, for how they've been playing so far this season. The Kings are not the only team that they've caught off guard. They have some pretty impressive wins uh, this year, so full credit to Charlotte uh, and the uh, those Hornets players. Um, like I said, the Kings had seven players in double figures, but still was just too quiet of a night offensively. Weren't able to put together any significant scoring runs. Shooting numbers were meh to say the best or say the least. 41% from the field, 35% from three-point range. They did get to the line 13 times, converted on 12 of them. So the free throw numbers are getting better for the Kings. But it was the Charlotte big men. Now, I know we're initially going to look at this box score. And we're going to see 23 points from Malik Monk. And we're going to look right at Devontae Graham, who's been fantastic this season, and see 15 points and uh, four three-pointers. But those two to me, weren't the most important pieces uh, of this Charlotte Hornets team. I thought Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo were were fantastic in this game. Cody Zeller finished with 17 points and 9 rebounds in 31 minutes. Uh, Bismack Biombo finished with a 10-point, 12-rebound double-double. Uh, both of those guys were just a nuisance for the Kings, especially on the inside. The points in the paint, Hornets had 52 points to Sacramento's 42. But the biggest discrepancy in this game on the stat sheet was in the rebound column. And now rebounding has never been a strength of the Sacramento Kings, but it's been a lot better for this team this season uh, than certainly it was last season. However, this is the first game that I've noticed a significant rebound discrepancy or or, or a big difference in rebounds between uh, the Kings opponent and themselves that, that is similar to the struggles that they had last season. Because of Cody Zeller, in Bismack Biombo, uh, and I mean the the Charlotte Hornets as a whole, but especially those two guys, the Kings were out rebounded fifty one to thirty three, and that just can't happen. Sixteen offensive rebounds for the Charlotte Hornets. That's way too many second chance opportunities, and Charlotte took advantage in a game that was decided uh, by just eight points. That rebound differential speaks volumes. Now the Kings did do a good job of taking care of the basketball, only ten turnovers. And they did force 19 turnovers out of Charlotte for 20 points. And and one of the things that was good about De'Aaron Fox being back is in half-court offensive sets, he was opening up the outside game by attacking the basket aggressively. It was good to see. His ankle looks fantastic. He looks like he's able to move on it completely uh, without issue, that he's not worried about it. I mean, he jumped over Devontae Graham at one point in this game, completely over him, and actually fouled him on the top of the head with his thigh. That's how athletic uh, De'Aaron Fox is. And it was... Uh, the, my my takeaway from that was the ankle's fine because he's able to jump over dudes, uh, which is pretty cool to see. So I was encouraged um, by that. But the pace of play also picked up because of De'Aaron Fox and the Kings were able to get out in transition uh, and take a little or take more advantage uh, of the uh, of those Charlotte Hornets turnovers. However, it wasn't enough for the Kings to get the victory. The Kings did only have uh, three fast break points, so they didn't get too many transition opportunities, but they were at least pushing the tempo, and they got into half-court offensive sets before defenses, uh, Charlotte's defense, rather, was completely set up. So, ultimately... 110 uh, to 102, a disappointing loss. The Charlotte Hornets, uh, got to give them credit again. They just shot really, really well. 48% from the field, 43% from three-point range. They caught fire from deep, especially in the fourth quarter, and that was enough to create the separation they needed to win this game. The Kings are swept by the Hornets this season. They now fall to 12-15, and and if I'm not mistaken, they are now alone in the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Still very early uh, in terms of playoff conversation, so I'm only going to mention that briefly and then move on from it 
Um, but that's these are games that the Kings need to find a way to win uh, if they are going to be able uh, to hang on to that playoff spot and punch their ticket to the postseason this year. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NBA. You can use that code at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. So I'm not going to lie to you, I was very, very surprised when I heard that De'Aaron Fox was going to be coming off the bench in his return. As I spoke with you yesterday on uh, yesterday's podcast, I, I, I said that I thought for sure with De'Aaron Fox returning, he was an instant re-insert into the starting lineup. As much as I appreciate uh, what Corey Joseph has done filling in for him, of course De'Aaron Fox is the uh, is the better player out of the two. He is the, uh, the floor general and leader of this team, not to mention the Kings view him as the star of this team. So De'Aaron Fox being put right back into the starting point guard spot, if he is 100% healthy, made the most sense. That being said, I had a nice conversation with the high flyer Henry Turner uh, in the uh, the King Studios where I was watching the game with both HT uh, and Jason Ross at the flagship studios of the Kings. Uh, and I was, I was just chatting with him about the message that it would send if Luke Walton were to insert De'Aaron Fox right back into the starting lineup. To people like me and you and on the outside... It makes a lot of sense, right? And I still I still think that I would have uh, made that decision. However, he provided the player perspective. As Henry Turner, a former uh, Sacramento King and NBA player himself, he provided a, a perspective that I didn't necessarily think about, which is rewarding Corey Joseph and rewarding the Kings locker room as a whole for how they were able to play uh, without De'Aaron Fox on the floor for the last four weeks uh, and sending the message also to De'Aaron that this team has been doing things correctly and it's on him to come in and pick up on that or compliment that and don't just expect the team to change back to his style of player to completely uh, surround him and do what he wants to do uh, now that he's 100% healthy. Now, do I think De'Aaron Fox is as selfish of a player as that might suggest? Absolutely not. I know De'Aaron Fox recognizes the strengths of his teammates. I know he knows that even though he's the star of this team and maybe is the best player on this team, he's not leaps and bounds above everybody else on this roster. He is a very humble guy uh, and he is a very good leader in that sense. So I'm not suggesting that Fox needed to be taken down a peg uh, and Luke Walton needed to bring him off the bench to remind him that basketball is a team sport because he was ready just to come in and be a superstar and expect everybody to fall in line. That is not the situation whatsoever. Uh, but uh, I'm. Uh, but Henry Turner brought up the the idea that if if Luke Walton had decided to just throw De'Aaron Fox right back in with the Kings having the success that they've been having, with Corey Joseph playing as well as he's been playing at the starting starting point guard position, that tells the rest of the roster, well, no matter what, no matter what this guy does, he's going to get the minutes over you, even if you've done as best as we could expect you to do uh, with him being out. And maybe that's not necessarily the right message to send. There's also the medical side of things. De'Aaron Fox 
says he's 100% healthy, is participating in practice, but we haven't seen him play a full NBA game yet. Is he really as 100% as he seems? Well, he comes in, he plays in this game, scores 19 points and and dishes out 8 assists in 30 minutes, jumps over dudes, and looks fantastic. So now I think all doubt of De'Aaron Fox being 100% healthy is out the window. Um, If it were me at this point now, I think De'Aaron Fox is ready to start the next game. I understand Luke Walton maybe thinking the same way as Henry Turner uh, and deciding to bring Fox off of the uh, off the bench for this one game for those reasons that I just listed. Uh, but here's the deal. Fox, in, in half an hour off the bench, uh, scored 19 points and 8 assists, while Corey Joseph, in 21 minutes as the starting point guard, scored 2 points, uh, shot 1 of 3 from the field, and dished out 5 assists. Now, again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Corey Joseph. You've heard me sing his praises on this podcast many, many times. I think he has been phenomenal for what the Kings expected him to do and the tough task that he had filling in for the star point guard. Uh, But now it's time for Corey to hand the keys back over to Aaron. Corey can do what he does as an energy guy and as a defensive lockdown guy coming off the bench, which can still be very, very useful. And remember, we make a big deal out of starting because it's, it's the... Starting itself is is almost meaningless, but we assign a greater meaning to the starting five as one of the five best players on the team uh, that gets that extra recognition with introductions before the game actually starts. But beyond that, it, it doesn't really matter. What really matters is who's on the uh, floor to close games. And there may be situations where maybe De'Aaron Fox isn't on the floor and Corey Joseph is for defensive purposes. We've seen Bogdan Bogdanovich, even though he is a bench guy. We've seen him on the floor consistently towards the ends of games. We've seen Trevor Ariza on the floor. Marvin Bagley, who's been coming off the bench, has been on the floor at ends of games as well. Uh, So starting, really, it's not that humongous of a deal, but De'Aaron Fox is the star and the leader of this team. I expect him to be back into the starting lineup and back leading by example with or from opening tip-off by this Friday's uh, upcoming contest. Now, Marvin Bagley is still in a little bit different of a situation. And I can imagine maybe how Marvin Bagley is feeling if you had started De'Aaron Fox right away. But Marvin Bagley says, well, you've been bringing me off the bench for multiple games and he gets right back into the starting lineup immediately. What gives? Um, that's That's just the way that NBA players are going to think at times. Again, I'm not accusing Marvin Bagley of being a selfish player by any means, but he expects to be someone getting significant minutes. He expects to be in the conversation with uh, the best players on this Kings team, and he expects to be an intro, uh, instrumental part of this team trying to make a playoff push. Uh, so him only playing 22 minutes last night when De'Aaron Fox plays 30 in his return, I know can probably and probably did rub him the wrong way at times. Here's the thing I'm most concerned about with the rotations with in terms of, of Marvin Bagley's fit. We haven't seen Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes play together more than, I think, a minute or two. And I said, when we were debating where Bagley should be in the rotation uh, and where who he should start alongside while he was returning from injury, I said that I thought it makes the most sense that he fits alongside Nemanja Bialica and he starts at the five spot and Rashawn Holmes comes off the bench. And I will admit, I think... 
I think myself and, and others have been overthinking this a little bit. I understand spacing is very important for the Kings, and the Kings want uh, to make sure they have the floor balanced and they have enough three-point shooting so that the paint is opened up for players like De'Aaron Fox uh, to be able to to get to the rim and have their way in there. But Rashawn Holmes has, in my opinion, been the best King this season from the beginning of the season to now. He's just been consistent, providing the same presence on a nightly basis. He fits this team and what they're trying to do exceptionally well, and he 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 plays his role. He grabs rebounds, he blocks shots, he contests shots, he scores around the rim, he's athletic so he can finish alley-oops, he sets good screens, uh, he's a menace in pick-and-roll situations. Rashawn Holmes is doing exactly what he needs to do on a nightly basis, and that should be rewarded. So are we overthinking things too much by not playing the two of them together? I understand spacing is an issue, but what about Rashawn Holmes starting at the 5 and staying at the 5 and moving Marvin Bagley to the starting 4 spot? Now, Nemanja Bjelica has also been fantastic as well and is great for spacing the floor, is having a good shooting season, and has been instrumental in the Kings' success over the last month. So I'm not saying that he deserves the demotion, but at some point, Marvin Backley has to work his way back into this starting lineup. It's just It just needs to happen. He's a number two overall pick and is expected to be one of the best players on this Kings team. He can't keep coming off the bench forever. And unfortunately, what we're seeing too much to me is him just playing alongside Bielitsa or him just playing alongside Trevor Rees at the four or even Harrison Barnes at the four at times, playing that center spot predominantly, and we're not seeing how he could potentially fit alongside Rashawn Holmes. I think Luke Walton and the Kings coaching staff have the same concerns that I do about spacing, uh, hence the reason why we haven't seen both Holmes and Bagley play together very much to this point. But... Maybe we're overthinking it a bit. I want to see a solid stretch or a few stretches of Bangley and Holmes together to see if it can work, to see if it can uh, pay off, because you don't want to get into the situation where you have to pick between the two. And honestly, if the decision came down to that and Luke Walton and the Kings decided on Rashawn Holmes, I wouldn't really blame them with how he has been playing, but that is not a good way uh, to handle your number two overall pick who expected to get starting minutes uh, and get an opportunity to really show what he can do as an NBA star, which he hasn't gotten able to or been able to do yet, both because of his rookie season coming off the bench and getting hurt in his first game of this season. So it's, again, a good problem to have, but it's a tough problem to have, and I would like to see if it were me. I just want to see stretches. Even if Marvin Bagley continues to come off the bench for the next few games, I want to see stretches of him playing the four and Rashawn Holmes playing the five and see if that can work. If you are looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. You can go to Breaking.com or BreakingTea.com rather slash LockedOn and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. And speaking of t-shirts, it is time to give away this Bogdan Bogdanovich t-shirt made by a fantastic Serbian artist. Uh, I bought this t-shirt immediately. If you are on active on King's Twitter, you've seen his shirts and his designs uh, float around. Uh, I bought this Bogdan Bogdanovich t-shirt. I actually bought three of them. I bought one for myself. 
I bought one for Bogdan himself, and you can see on my Twitter and on my Instagram a picture of him in front of his locker in Sacramento holding the shirt that I gave him. He really liked it. The Kings players that saw it really liked it as well, so I thought I'd buy one more uh, to give away here on the Locked on Kings podcast. For the last two days, I've gotten hundreds of tweets from Locked on Kings listeners sending me screenshots of, of either their phone with Locked on Kings playing on it or pictures of them uh, in the car listening to it, or pictures of them walking with their headphones in listening to it. I appreciate all of you, and it's really difficult. I almost don't like doing these giveaways because I want to reward everybody uh, for their loyalty and for sending me those pictures, but unfortunately, I had to only choose one and the winner of the Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, t-shirt and this Locked on Kings kind of holiday giveaway is my guy Charles Turner at KingChuck916 uh, on Twitter. He lives in Seattle, Washington. He sent me a great picture and video of him listening to the Locked on Kings podcast in his car with his son uh, while driving. So Charles, congratulations. You are the winner of this shirt. I'll be in contact with you very, very shortly uh, to work out the details of how I can get the shirt to you, uh, and we'll have fun with all of that. Now, those of you that didn't win, don't worry. This is not the last giveaway that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to try and do more of these. I might be doing an NBA 2K uh, giveaway here shortly, and I'm really working on, truly, and I I mean this, I'm truly working on finding a way uh, to do some Sacramento Kings ticket giveaways every now and then so I can get some of you listeners out uh, two games. Now, I have bought tickets at times before uh, for fans who normally couldn't uh, couldn't go or weren't able to go or who haven't been uh, at the Golden One Center before, and I enjoy doing stuff like that. Uh, so I want to start doing more actual ticket giveaways. So keep your eye uh, and ear out for that. And for those of you that aren't on social media, don't worry. I haven't completely excluded you. I will find a way uh, to work you into the sweepstakes as well so I can do more of those giveaways going forward and really reward you and say thank Thank you to all of you uh, for listening to this podcast and not just supporting me, but supporting the Sacramento Kings franchise through all of the struggles that we have been through over the last 13 plus years. Also, I brought this up a couple months ago and I wanted to revisit it because it's something I really want to do, but I'm not going to give it the time uh, if uh, you aren't interested and if it's not going to uh, bring together a good crowd of people. I want to do a Locked on Kings meetup watch party uh, for a Kings game out of town. I'm thinking uh, the final game between the Kings and the Lakers in Los Angeles. I don't know when that is happening yet. I haven't worked out the dates or the location or anything like that, but I just want to throw it back out there for your responses. And please reach out to me on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK or over email MGeorgeSacLocalMedia.com. Would you be interested in attending a Sacramento Kings, uh, Locked on Kings podcast meetup watch party where we'd go to a a local bar or a restaurant, hopefully get there for happy hour drinks and food and a good time and just sit there, watch the game together, chat, and I can meet more of you in in person and I can thank you and spend time uh, with you there and we can just talk Kings and have a good time. This is something I really, really want to do, uh, but I want to make sure that enough people are interested to make it worth all of our while. So let me know again, reach me on Twitter or via email, say, Hey, I would definitely come to one of these uh, and I'll try and put it together in a location that's easy for everybody to get to so we can have a good time and watch Kings basketball together. If you are new to this podcast and you are enjoying this podcast, do me a massive favor and leave a rating or a review of this podcast. Best place to do that is either on iTunes uh, or on Apple Podcasts. I think Google Podcasts allows it as well. Uh, Wherever you listen, though, if there is a rate and review area, if you leave a review for us, it helps us out a ton attracting new listeners uh, and also it helps me as a podcast host and us as a 
the podcast network improve. It's a good place for you to go if you have any suggestions or recommendations of things we can do better. We know we're not perfect. I certainly know I'm not perfect. So we're always trying to improve to give you the best product available. Uh, so please take the time to reach out uh, and, uh, and 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 take a couple minutes uh, to leave a review of this podcast. I certainly would appreciate that. Also, like I mentioned yesterday, we have a meeting about this AB5 law in California and the effect that it might have on the Locked on Kings podcast and the Locked on Podcast Network in California uh, in general. That is happening tomorrow. Hopefully it happens before I record the podcast, so I'll be able to share with you what is happening and any changes that might be coming. Um, but I hopefully am able to come on the podcast tomorrow or on Friday and just share with you that nothing is changing. Everything is going back to normal. Or everything is continuing as normal, and we can just uh, carry on having a great time here on this podcast network. I will be back tomorrow for more Locked on Kings coverage. Again, congratulations to Charles Turner. I hope you enjoy that t-shirt, my man. Let me know if you want to do a meetup game uh, in the future and a watch party of a game in the in the future, and we will uh, try and orchestrate that and put that together. Until next time, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.